and welcome to the Bikers Church Midrand Podcast. It's great to have you join us for this week's episode. We hope that you find this valuable for your daily life. Good morning, welcome and thank you for joining us this morning. Now, every now and then, we have these little reminders just of how life has changed. I had one of these uh, within this past week where I was playing with my son on the carpet uh, and we were just building some Lego. And while we were building Lego, in the corner of my eye, I kind of caught a glimpse of my shoes and his shoes side by side. And as I saw these shoes, I just looked at these big shoes and these little shoes And it just made me think of how long I'd longed and desired to see these little shoes in our house and how long my wife had longed to see these little shoes in our house. And as I'm thinking this, I kind of glance over at my wife and I I get her attention and I point the shoes out. And as I point the shoes out, you know, I can see she's kind of catching on to what I'm saying. And I look at all of this and I just kind of get grateful. I'm just like, man, I'm so grateful to have these little shoes in our house because it means that there is this little boy in our home. I'm going to have to restart. Sorry, guys. Sorry, sorry, sorry. All of a sudden, I couldn't catch my train of thought there. Okay, cool. It's a bird. I think it's a bird. Okay, cool. Good morning and welcome. Thank you for joining us this morning. Every once in a while in life, we have these little reminders just of how things have changed. I had one of those reminders in this past week. Uh, My son and I were playing Uh, on the carpet uh, with some Lego, just building. And while I'm building with him, out of the corner of my eye, I see my shoes lying there. I look over and I see his little shoes lying next to my shoes. And I just have this realization of how life has changed. I get my wife's attention. She looks over and gets what what I'm motioning toward. And both of us are just left in the space where we're just so grateful as to how life has changed. And as I thought of this moment, the scripture came to mind in Psalm 138 verse 8, which says, The Lord perfects that which concerns me. The Lord perfects that which concerns me. And you may be sitting here today or or, or sitting at home today thinking to yourself, Ramon, like how can you say the Lord perfects that which concerns me in the day and age that we live in? Like we know what's going on globally. Like there is just a mess going on. How can you still believe that? And in all truth, I've just experienced the reality of that far too often and far too much to believe anything else. You see, the story that I led in with 
is another reminder for me of the fact that the Lord perfects that which concerns me. Because three years ago, I became a dad. And I remember so clearly the day when I was told that I would not be able to be a dad. Um, see, my wife and I, we're parents through adoption. And uh, 14 years ago, I married my sweetheart. Um, and probably the best day of my life. Uh, if you are doubting marriage, don't doubt marriage, man. Uh, it is the most incredible thing you will ever do in life. Um, we were married for about three years and decided it's time to start trying for kids. And we tried and we tried and we tried. And I loved the trying. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely loved the trying. But somewhere along the line, you're kind of expecting some results. And seven years in of trying, there was still no results. So we went off to a doctor and went and did tests and had some conversations, some really, really tough conversations. And I can remember having the conversation with the doctor and as she sat across the table from us, as she started speaking to us, she was just slowly crushing us with her words. As she explained to us that naturally we just couldn't have children. We left there that day crushed. And within those feelings, those emotions, with that reality setting in, we just chose to, to, to invite God into that conversation. And we started talking to him about it. We started expressing our anger. We started expressing our, our disappointment. We started expressing our heartbreak, but we invited him in to the conversation. And it was quite a while later, my wife started changing the conversation and she started praying this prayer. And I can remember so clearly the day that this conversation changed. She'd gone and stood in between this, this little piece of real estate between our three bedrooms in our house. It's kind of the space where all of them meet. And as she stood, she stood with her back towards our bedroom. And she looked into the two empty bedrooms. And she changed the prayer to this. Lord, Will you fill these empty rooms? Lord, will you fill these empty rooms? And that became our prayer. Our prayer just became, Lord, please fill these empty rooms. And I don't know where you're at today. But if there's something that I know is that we all have empty rooms in life. We all have empty rooms in life. My empty rooms just look different to your empty rooms. I wonder today, what's your empty room? Maybe your empty room is, is, is a diagnosis that, that is draining you and that's leaving you quite empty and there doesn't seem to be a lot of hope. Uh, maybe your empty room is the fact that, that your, your client list used to be full and through this global pandemic has just kind of been drained and right now you're sitting with an empty client list. Maybe you've always had work, but because of what's happened, you were on the wrong end of a conversation and now you're sitting without work and that's your empty room. 
Maybe your salary is being cut in half and that's your empty room. Maybe there are certain relationships within your life that have kind of just fizzled out during this time and it's become an empty room. And maybe this metaphor or analogy of an, of an empty room isn't an analogy or a metaphor to you. Maybe it's a reality as you've possibly even done lockdown in an empty room all by yourself. I wonder today, what's your empty room? Well, we started praying this prayer, Lord, will you fill these empty rooms? And as we prayed this prayer, we recognized that this was something we couldn't do for ourselves. This was something that we couldn't fill ourselves. We couldn't fill the space ourselves. And it, it kind of led us to our very first life lesson that we learned through this process of praying this prayer, Lord, fill these empty rooms. And that first life lesson was just surrender. We had to get to the point where we had to take these dreams, we had to take these hopes, we had to take these disappointments, we had to take these crushing moments, and we had to surrender them to God. I can remember years later listening to a song by Hillsong uh, United um, called Here Now. And within the song, there's this line that says, Faith makes a fool of what makes sense. Faith makes a fool of what makes sense. And if I'm honest, and if you're honest, we love holding on to what makes sense. We love gravitating towards what makes sense. Why? Because we feel secure in that. And, and, and it, it gets strange. It gets unsettling when things stop making sense. And you see, my wife and I, we were in a position where things didn't make sense. Things, things were happening so naturally for some people and, and just this natural process just wasn't happening for us. And it just didn't make sense. But we chose to surrender. We chose to surrender these hopes, these dreams, these disappointments. We chose to surrender them to God. And as we surrendered them to God, we just started seeing that through our surrender, He started taking that faith that we put out there. And He started making, making these things that, that, that shouldn't make sense come together. And ultimately, we kind of saw the embodiment of this faith making a fool of what makes sense. So we continued just trusting God to fill these empty rooms. And, and what we were finding was at the time, uh, as we were praying for God to fill our empty rooms, we experienced like a baby boom in church. It almost felt like we were praying for everyone else to fall pregnant and it was happening. It just wasn't happening for us. It was like there's something in the water and no one was letting us in on where this water was at. Um, I can remember friends falling pregnant. I can remember both of our sisters falling pregnant. Uh, and we would celebrate with them. Man, we would celebrate their joy with them out in public. And then in private, we would be crushed at the reality of what we were facing. 
And if I'm honest, at the time we started practicing disappointment. We started practicing, you know, month in and month out. That moment would come where you'd kind of be figuring out, you know, hey, are we pregnant? Aren't we pregnant? And then it wouldn't happen. And it was just practicing disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. And then something else happened. We had all these well-meaning people come and tell us that the reason why we haven't had this breakthrough is because of our lack of faith. <laughs> and I'm sure they meant well, uh, but it wasn't helpful. And I don't believe it was godly. Um, because it was in this moment that we also got to really learn our, our second life lesson through this process of praying, Lord, fill these empty rooms. And that second life lesson was don't compare. Don't compare. And I think that is crucial for you and for me to take to heart. Don't compare. Don't compare your faith journey with anyone else's faith journey. Uh, don't, don't, don't compare your life to anyone else's life. Because the truth be told, comparison is the enemy of God. Uh, comparison breeds pride or it breeds doubt, depending on what end of the spectrum you're in. You see, if I compare my faith to yours, and, and you're, man, things are happening for you. Things are going well. Things are, are really just bursting at the seams and it's not happening for me. Th then it's so easy for me to slip into a place of doubt. And if the opposite were true, it's so easy for me to slip into a place of pride, thinking somehow I'm doing better than you. Don't compare your walk with Jesus with anyone else's walk with Jesus. Another thing that, that, that comparison does is comparison kills commitment. Comparison kills commitment. To all the married people out there, comparison kills commitment. You see, if I'm comparing my wife to other ladies somewhere along the line, it's going to kill my commitment to her. If my wife is comparing me to other guys out there, other husbands out there, somewhere along the line, she's going to see something, she's going to experience something that's going to kill her commitment to me. But the same is true when it comes to our walk of faith. If I'm comparing my walk with Jesus with someone else's walk with Jesus and I, I feel like all their prayers are being answered, all, all these things are happening for them, but it's not happening in my life, somewhere along the line, ladies and gentlemen, that comparison is going to kill my commitment toward God. Stop comparing. What we had to realize was that we, we just need to be faithful with what's in our hands. You know, our relationship, that was in our hands. So we just drew together and we just started loving each other the way that, that we believed that we need to be loving each other. We started walking that road with God even tighter just started trusting him in that moment. Um, the, it was Paul writing to the church in Philippi where he said that, that God is faithful to complete the work that he started in you. 
He's faithful to complete the work that he started in you. Not in someone else, in you. So it's not for us to walk around and be comparing our faith and our walk with God with anyone else. He's faithful to complete the work that he has started in you. And we took that to heart. And instead of comparing, we just chose to be faithful. Well, a day came along where we got a phone call where someone that we knew said, there's this little boy, he's just been brought into the police station, he's been abandoned, do you want him? Now, we didn't know anything. We really, we, we didn't know it doesn't work that way. For a minute there, we thought it worked that way. So, I mean, we just jumped up off the couch. It was a public holiday. We were kind of lounging around the house in our PJs. It was about eight o'clock in the morning. And um, man, we didn't even shower. We, we did very little. Quite embarrassing that I'm outing us here, but we did very little. It was literally like throw some clothes on, jump in the car, shoot off to the pharmacy, get um, formula and nappies, got it in the car, raced off to where we were told this little guy would be. And long story short, it was a false alarm. The information wasn't real and it wasn't right. And by the way, it doesn't work that way. Um, and man, it killed us. It crushed us. Again, we're just faced again with that harsh, harsh disappointment. And at that point, we just, we actually just wanted to give up. But it was in that moment that we really learned our third big life lesson. As we just prayed this prayer of, Lord, will you fill these empty rooms? And that third life lesson was, just one more time. When you want to give up, just one more time. And I don't know where you're at today, but that may just be what you need to hear today. Is if you're in a place where you're wanting to give up, man, trust God. Just one more time. If you want to give up and you, you don't want to get up and do your part in this, no, just, just one more time. And we had to recognize that in order for us to experience the breakthrough that we were trusting God for, we had to trust Him, even in that moment. Just one more time time. The disciples found themselves in this place. There's this moment where they're engaging with Jesus. They've been fishing. They've caught nothing all night. And Jesus speaks to them um, in the book of Luke chapter 5. Uh, we, we come across this conversation where he speaks to them and he, he essentially, uh, they, they tell him, man, we've been fishing. We've caught nothing. And he says this to, the, to them in verse 4. He says, um, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now, go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, We worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, but if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. You see, the disciples were in a position where they had all the right and, and they had everything that, they, that, that, that would have justified them to give up in the moment. But in that moment, they chose and they decided, you know what? At the word of God, at, 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 at trusting Him, 
We'll go again just one more time. Just one more time. And Nats and I decided, hey, instead of falling away, we're, we're actually, we're going to go and meet with God just one more time. Uh, tomorrow morning, we're going to meet with Him just one more time. And tomorrow morning, we're going to meet with Him just one more time. And we're going to trust Him just one more time. And what we started to experience was that He started to sustain our hearts. He started to empower us in, in, in moments that would have crushed us. We had hope and we had faith and there was no evidence for it. But we just trusted Him for it. And God used this disappointment. He used the disappointment that we faced during that time that we, I can honestly say, felt like we suffered through. <laughs> and he used this disappointment to reveal our own hearts to us. Because up until that point, we hadn't been open to adoption. We kind of thought natural or possibly in vitro. And I know a lot of people have all sorts of opinions about that. Great. But financially, that just wasn't an option for us. And here in this moment, we, where we thought there was this completely closed door, God uses massive disappointment to reveal our own hearts to us, to say, hey, I've got a completely different road in all of this prepared for you. And he used this disappointment to bring in a brand new thing into our lives and into our homes. And this was when that fourth big life lesson hit home for us. And that that is that God is faithful. And that God fills empty rooms. There's this quote by the author A.W. Tozer, where he says this, he says, while it looks like things are out of control, behind the scenes, there is a God who hasn't surrendered his authority. I really believe that that's for someone watching today. And I just want to, I want to read that again for you. While it looks like things are out of control, behind the scenes, there is a God who hasn't surrendered his authority. And that became so real for myself and for Nats. You see, this moment came where, where we decided, okay, we're going to go in and engage in this adoption process. And we went and we set an appointment with the social worker for Thursday. Well, the Sunday before that Thursday, we get a phone call from a social worker that we know. And she said, I've got this young lady who is... Um, who's exceptionally pregnant and she's approached me and said she's really looking for a good home for her unborn child and that she recognizes that uh, she wants this unborn child's future to look different to her past. So my wife and I went and reluctantly we met with, 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 with her and with the social worker. Well, on the 15th of September, we met with our social worker for the very first time. And on the 11th of October, that exact same year, 
My wife and I both stood in the delivery room, first time ever in 36 years of the social worker being involved in these processes that she'd ever experienced a, an adoptive father being allowed in to, to the, the delivery room. And, and right there on the 11th of October, my wife and I stood as our son was born. That night, we, we spent that night in a family room and just kind of watched this little guy. And the next morning, 12th of October, we packed him up. We went home. We walked into our home. We walked into his bedroom. We put him in the crib. And on the 12th of October, God filled an empty room. And today we look at that little guy and each time I see his blonde, curly little head, <laughs> all it reminds me of is that God is faithful and that God fills empty rooms. It reminds me that the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. And for you today, the Lord will perfect that which concerns you. Not in my time, not in my way, but perfect in every way. I wonder today, ladies and gentlemen, what's your empty room? What's your empty room? And as you consider your empty room, I wonder what's your next step in trusting God to fill that empty room? Maybe Maybe that empty room hasn't been surrendered to him yet. And maybe that's what you need to do today. Just take that empty room and just say, Lord, I surrender it to you. Maybe, maybe you haven't received any form of a breakthrough or you just, you just kind of been stuck. Because if you're honest, you've been comparing your situation to other people's situations. You've been comparing your life, your story to someone else's story. Your, your journey with Jesus, with someone else's journey with Jesus. And maybe today it's just time to come and surrender that thing to God and just say, Lord, I'm not going to compare this with that anymore. Instead, I'm going to surrender this to you. I'm going to trust that you are faithful and that you are faithful to fill this empty room. And if that's you today, I'd, I'd love to just pray for you. That today you would choose to surrender, to stop comparing, to trust in the faithfulness of God. Just one more time and then tomorrow just one more time and then the day after that just one more time recognizing that God is faithful and that God fills empty rooms. Father God I thank you Lord 
that you perfect that which concerns me. Lord, I thank you that you perfect that which concerns the people watching today, Lord. Lord, I thank you that in you things are not complicated, that you desire a relationship with us, that you desire for us to trust you, that you desire for us to just surrender these things to you, Lord. I'm reminded right now of Matthew 6.33, where you just say that we need to seek you first, Lord, that we need to come to you first, that we need to seek relationship with you first, and that as we do, you will add all these things that we need. And Father God, I thank you that as we trust you, as ladies and gentlemen, just hand these things over to you. And if you're at home right now, I want to just encourage you right now in this prayer, just hand it over. Just hand it over to God. Whatever that thing is, just hand it over to God. Just say, Lord, I surrender this to you. And Lord, I thank you that right now, people can also stop comparing their lives with the lives of others. And Lord, that as we stop comparing and as we just surrender, that we start to recognize that we can trust you with everything in our lives just one more time. And as we do that, that we start to experience your faithfulness, even in ways that wasn't in our line of sight, but it most definitely was in yours. And I thank you that you come and that you fill these empty rooms in lives today. We love you, Lord. We thank you that you're faithful. We thank you that we can trust you. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. If today hit a chord in your life and you need to chat to someone, I want to encourage you to reach out. Come and reach out to us. We'd love to engage with you. We'd love to have this conversation with you. You can reach us on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, even on our YouTube channel. Uh, we'd love to engage with you. Beyond that, we trust that you have a great week. Remember, God falls empty rooms. We love you and we'll see you next week. Cheers. We trust that you found this message valuable. For more information on who we are or how you can get involved, please check out our website at bikerschurchmidrand.co.za or connect with us through social media on Facebook or Instagram. Beyond that, have a great day.